Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. Hello everyone, welcome to Healing the Spirit and welcome to this episode. I am so delighted, so honored to be sharing this episode with all of you. It is such a potent, magical conversation. I had um, my dear friends, colleagues and teachers, Britton LaRue and Rebecca Paget, with me for this conversation and I have to say... During the conversation, it felt like we opened a portal and we entered into it, we stepped into it, and it was magical, and it was warm, and it was loving, and sparks were flying. So I am i can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. So before we get there, let me just kind of explain a little bit about why I had both of them on, and... um Yeah, and even share a little bit about my experience... um with that. So, um, the three of us met in charting your course, which was Britain's first astrological learning container in 2020. Charting your course has since been, uh, composted into the astrological learning container that Britain and I are currently facilitating astrology as praxis. Um, but Rebecca and I met there and we were both Britain's one of Britain's first students, and um, we basically grew up together as astrologers. And so when Britain told me earlier this year that Rebecca is going to be the 13th reader for this year's The Magician's Table, I got super excited. So let me share a little bit about what The Magician's Table is and um, my experience going through the experience that is The Magician's Table. So um, officially... The Magician's Table is a workshop circle for emerging readers, and it is a three-month container for personal growth, for community connection, for um, readers, intuitive magical practitioners to practice growing their tools. Um, and The Magician's Table was really such a pivotal point for me because in 2021, I was the first uh, 13th reader. And so... If you are wondering what the 13th reader is, essentially it is a liminal role, I would say, where uh, one gets to both facilitate, support, hold, and also at the same time um, have the experience of being held, being taught, and being mentored. And so each cohort of the Magician's Table has 13 people in it. 13 readers. And so the, the 13th reader kind of holds that space between um, holding the container for the participants and for Britain, who uh, runs this offering, right? Um, and so my experience being the 13th reader in 2021 was really the first time I had the chance to taste the possibility of me holding myself in the capacity of being a leader for a learning space. Um, 
that experience was really healing for me because it helped me grow in my ability to read and to hold space for others during sessions, um, which became truly an invaluable um, practice. And honestly, giving readings is like one of my most favorite thing to do. So, um, so all of that really kind of started um, around the time that I was involved in the magician stable. And also what I think is so powerful about the experience was that I went through that not alone, but, you know, in the holding, in the witnessing of the most loving, the most warm, and the most caring community of uh, fellow practitioners who are also growing their their skill sets and growing their awareness. And looking back, I would say that this was not conscious for me at that time. But being the 13th reader and kind of holding this liminal space of being the facilitator and the participant was the start of my own journey in more fully claiming my inner teacher which in some ways, for me at least, it was kind of the missing piece because I always identify as being a lifelong learner. I was always a very enthusiastic, a very voracious learner. But the truth is, right, the student and the teacher are not separate. They're not, you know? The student and the teacher are really two sides of the same coin, right? And so without claiming both, without fully embracing both sides, whichever one you neglect ended up becoming a shadow, right? Essentially, it becomes the part of you that seeks to disconnect and the part of you that is, for me at least, because I was really afraid of holding my own teacher frequency, I was always searching, I was always learning, and often I didn't always come from the energetics of true curiosity, right, and true love of learning, but from the energetics of like, I'm not enough, something is wrong with me, right? And so to me, being the 13th reader, my experience was that it was my first step in kind of claiming my power, which is so scary. And so one of the core tenets of the magician's table is this idea of emergence, right? Cultivating skills, cultivating awareness around emergence. And my experience is that we are always emerging, right? To be in this process of continual emergence is to be alive, right? Being alive means that you're never static. And so you're always ending one chapter and starting another, right? Starting one chapter and ending another. And so I think one of the most powerful gifts that I received from being a participant in the magician's table was this gift of holding myself compassionately with awareness, with skill, through the various stages of my emergence. And I believe that this conversation will be relevant for you regardless of whether you are interested in becoming a practitioner or not because all of us are always moving through on a soul level different stages of our emergence, right? And so, um, 
yeah, I invite you to listen to this conversation through the lens of feeling into that resonance because something that's been coming up a lot in my field this past week actually is just how um, how powerful this energy of emergence is in the collective at the moment. I'm really feeling it for myself and for many different members of my community. So I believe that there's something really powerful for you here. And I also wanted to make sure that I share this conversation before Venus leaves Pisces um, because we talked about Venus and Venus is exalted in Pisces. So I wanted to make sure that all of you gets a chance to listen to this before uh, Venus leaves Pisces. And if you happen to listen to this during Venus in Aries or Venus in other signs, that's also not a problem. But um, yeah, just know that we were kind of in that womb space of Venus in Pisces when we were having this conversation, which I think you can probably feel very uh, viscerally. All right, so let me um, allow you to get into this conversation. And here is my conversation with Britton LaRue and Rebecca Padgett. Welcome to the podcast, Britton and Rebecca. It is such a pleasure to have you both. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I am so excited for this conversation. I just knew it would be a blast when Britton told me that um, the two of you are going to be collaborating on The Magician's Table this year. And for listeners... Uh, who don't know our backstory, which maybe is the majority of the listeners here. Um, we all met through Britain's Charting Your Course, the first iteration of it in 2020. So the pandemic started, and then you started um, an astrology course, Britain, um, where both Rebecca and I were participants, and we were... Uh, some of your first official students, I suppose. Yay. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we were babies. I know, we totally <laughs> were babies. And it's so beautiful to kind of look back and feel into our our journey together and as individuals. So, yeah, I'm super mm. excited. Yes, it was a small container and we got very close. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I kind of miss those days, actually. I mean, there were a lot going on in the world, but um, yeah. But I, I'm super excited to talk about both, you know, the Magician's Table for this year and yeah, some of the themes that are alive for you both as you are beginning to weave the energetics of the container. Um, yeah. So before we start, I thought... Um, I'd love both of you to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners. Um, maybe start with your sun, moon, rising, and just anything that's alive for you with regards to um, to who who you feel yourself to be today and in this period of your life. 
I'm Britton LaRue. I'm a Pisces sun, Capricorn moon, and Aries rising. And um, I am currently today in my Saturn opposition at age 44. Uh, so I feel like I am in a intersection space right now where I'm really feeling a kind of harvest moment of mm. noticing all these things I've been working on and building and tending, listening to and grappling with and letting go and letting in. Like it just feels like in every department of my life right now, um, I'm just witnessing all that I've been up to basically mm. um in this kind of saturn way uh and the magician's table is something that i've built that i that i hold dearly and tend to so it feels really special to be talking about that today um and i also am someone who holds other learning containers i really love long-term containers with whoever wants to come play. I like transformation spaces, learning spaces. Um, and that's also in one-on-one -on -one sessions with folks. And I also love long-term writing projects and building out language that uh, I want to share with other people. And so right now I'm in the midst of editing a manuscript to be published based on a series of workbooks that I put out all across 2020 that you both know. And so that feels very culminating and huge um, since I didn't, I just self-published those. I didn't really know what I was doing. And uh, yeah, I'd say, what does it feel like to be in Saturn opposition? In many ways, it feels like having everything reflected back to me. So I feel more clear in what I'm doing. And that's, that's a pretty wild experience mm. for someone who's usually just like throwing things out, uh, to see what happens, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not knowing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so powerful. I'm also a mother of two girls, two teens, and, uh, that's a huge part of my life as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How about you, Rebecca? <laughs> Well, okay, so um, Virgo rising, Virgo sun, and Libra moon. Um, where am I in this time? So for me, what's been coming up, um, I'm, a, I'm an artist, so there's a lot of um, birthing and new ideas that are coming up around my artistic practice. And um, I think what feels what I'm working towards and on is actually creating the space and what kind of structure um, I want to have my life in to have that more, um, you know, in the forefront with my work that I do as um, a reader. Um, I also see people for one-on-one -on -one sessions um, and I have some new offerings. I've been working with people 
um, one-on-one to actually build their own practices. And that relates to um, magical practices, but also their creative practice as well. So I'm really interested to see where those two spaces are merging and how to support people mm-hmm. with creating that for their own lives. So yeah. that's a space that's really alive for me right now. And um yeah, just creating more time for myself to really be choosing the next steps mm. for me, you know, mm. and that feels really new <laughs> and wow. supportive. Wow. Yeah. I love both your answers. It's so powerful. <laughs> like I could feel <laughs> it landing in my body. Mm. Thank you. So just a little, um, you know, context here. Other than the fact that we we all met during Britain's Charting Your Course 2020 is um, you both are preparing for the next round of Magician's Table, which I would love to hear in, in your words what Magician's Table is and what it means to you. Um, and the first iteration of Magician's Table was 2021, right, Britain? Um Yes, spring. Spring 2021, and I was the 13th reader. And this round, Rebecca is going to be the 13th reader for for the two cohorts you are doing, right? So I would love to to have you uh, both kind of introduce a little bit about what this offering is and what it's meant for you and how it's moved through you in your lived experience so far. Yes, so... At a kind of human logistical explanatory level, <laughs> the magician, like, what is it? The magician's table is a three month, I would say, transformation container, um, as opposed to a learning container. It's more experiential, like, each person's going through some kind of experience um, with themselves whereby 13 individuals come into the space that I've set up to share their voice and to share their being with one another in circle. And we have weekly gatherings for the purpose of those shares. And what is shared depends on what's emerging for each person in that moment of what came up that week. Mm. And one of the things that happens in that week is that each of those 13 have a different partner where they meet for the purpose of sharing their gifts with the other to be supportive to them in some way. So it's a, it's like a gift sharing workshop. (laughs) that's the magic. And so they practice giving and they practice receiving each of the 13. And part of what shared when we meet is what was that like? Mm. What was it like to give and what was it like to receive? Which usually brings up a lot for each individual. Um, They're also sharing what came up in the curriculum that I offer, which is based on the elements of astrology And each weekly invitation is to invite 
someone into reflection, into practices to help them hear their gifts and hold themselves through the confrontation with their gifts. (laughs) And sometimes what comes up in the weekly shares is very internal Mm. um, or, and it's about like container specific experiences, but as we know, everything is connected and the internal world is connected to the outer world. And so sometimes what comes up comes from people's personal lives or, or professional lives that don't technically have to do with magic per se, but because mm. everything is connected, the reverberations of the experience of being in the container show up through the shares as they will. And so a large part of the experience is naming what's present and then being witnessed. Um, and it feels like a very potent space for those who go through it. And I think I was thinking about this and I feel like in many ways, the magician's table to me feels like a medicine space in this like mycelial way of like, um, when you, when you take mushrooms medicinally you receive some kind of medicine that is just for you and is like appropriate for you where you are Mm -hmm. and i feel like the magician's table offers medicine to each individual that is appropriate and just right in an affinity with wherever they are in that moment of their lives and as such the what one receives in the magician's table um, is unpredictable, <laughs> unforeseeable, <laughs> and <laughs> like not outcome based or prescriptive by me. Certainly, it has mm. nothing to do with me, even um, because everyone's receiving what it's time. It's time for them to receive, um, and. In this way, too, like what level, quote unquote, or the amount of experience someone has with giving an offering is really irrelevant, Um, as well as the number of times you come to the magician's table. Like the magician's table just seems to provide what someone seeks um, and also can't predict. So Mm -hmm. it's really powerful space this way. I feel like it's a heart opening space to help us um, heal the fear that we have around sharing from heart, our heart led gifts and let, let our hearts open to others more and to also receive heartfelt um, communication from others. And that in itself is like really powerful um, so in many ways, it's a love space, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things that have come through for me initially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. How would y'all describe it? Would you like to take that question, Rebecca? I would. <laughs> yeah, that love space for sure. And um, I mean, what it means to me is it's meant a lot to me, to be honest. It's... You know, not only do you have this moment of going through this witnessing and and, um, gift sharing and love sharing 
container that is just so nurturing as we are in these um, moments for ourselves. There's also, you know, I'm sure we'll get to this, but what has happened after, you know, the container and how, like, I really feel like, like it was the only sort of real class that I took last year. And I am someone who usually takes many in a year. Mm. And it's like, it's all I needed because it continued to take me through the experience, you know, through even now, like I'm yeah. coming through another space. So what beautiful timing to um, step into this role as a 13th reader, because I feel like I'm there again too. Mm. It's like, wow, what will happen this round? You know? Um, yeah. It's a profound experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that experience, Rebecca, because um, I'm curious, especially as a fellow Virgo rising, um, yeah, what that experience of just taking that one class was like for you and, and what birthed forward for you mm. within that experience. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, first of all, just um, beautiful friendships and support you know and that that means so much especially you know when you are stepping into this work and maybe the environment you're in is not you know in quite the support that you want it to be as you're wanting to come forward with your magical gifts so mm -hmm. that container alone to help give you the confidence to come forward. Um, I mean, I just haven't looked back <laughs> since it's just like, you know, I think in another podcast, you know, this is who I am now. And I really claim that piece for myself mm -hmm. um, coming out of that container, mm -hmm. like immediately. Um, yeah. And to be surprised what, you know, did want to come forward coming in with, you know, the idea that I was going to be giving tarot readings, astrology readings, and coming out as um, giving psychic readings. So that really changed the course for me, you know, in mm. terms of what I offer now. And these offerings feel so much more true and authentic to me. And that was able to really come out through that experience. So when I am expressing my gifts now, they come from this really um, authentic and deep place. And, um, <laughs> I'm so grateful for that. Oh, yeah. Just really I love real. hearing that. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like what I would add to both of your answers about Magician's Table is also that it felt like a power space for me because I think power is one of those mm. things that um, we see a lot of distortions of power. We don't see examples of true power and we don't see examples of people embodying their true powers and so i feel in my experience at the first magician's table it was really um this experience of what does it look like if we just really step into our power you know where um we say yes to this part of us that is coming from the divine that is connected to the divine and we share it with others you know and and how power and love are so intricately connected and that they're never separate but we live in a society that makes us think that it's separate right so what does it look like to decondition from that and then to step into your power as a form of loving yourself and loving the world and loving your community mm -hmm. 
That is so rich. Thank mm. you. So beautiful. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Shivers. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that from the experience of holding it, you know, like, I don't presume to know what Magician's Table is going to teach me this year. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly, two of the biggest things have been trusting my channel because I, I, I saw this on a run and just wrote it down and then just kept following the steps mm. to nurture it forward. And since then, that's just my business. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but also like what does it mean to be a steward of something and how much of myself do i want in a thing that's for others mm. and when am i holding myself back because what, what is called for is for me to be forward and like how to be a steward that's not centering herself but also gives herself mm. and is open-hearted to it mm. and wants to give and receive from it at the same time, I feel like this is with my Saturn in Leo. Um, this is a space that I'll probably always be emergently learning from, from holding spaces and um, feeling into the kind of stewardship that feels right for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a perfect segue to this idea of emergence, right? Which is really central to the magician's table. Um, I'm curious to hear you both musing a little bit about what emergence means. And I'm actually kind of having a deja vu moment, Britain, because I remember in the very first um, magician's table, part of what we did was we had a conversation, the two of us, about this idea of emergence. But I think what I love so much about conversation spaces is that you know, no two time period is exactly the same, you know, like that time when when I had that conversation with you about emergence was not your Saturn opposition. Rebecca wasn't here. So I'm really curious to hear what is bubbling forth <laughs> in this moment for both of you around this idea of emergence and yeah, and your relationship to it, anything you feel like sharing around that. Sure. I... Yeah, I, as you know, I love the word emergence. Um, it does change what it feels like it means to me, too. You know, as per brand, <laughs> that's on brand for emergence to emergently teach us anew every moment. But yeah, I feel like um, emergence feels like it has something to do with like a bubbling up from below the surface of something like it has mm -hmm. to do with revealing mm -hmm. what is already latent or already there. And right now what it feels like is it has to do with um, a practice of being with aliveness because to be with what's like coming forth feels like aliveness to me. Mm. which can be very confronting for us. Um, so this is why I don't think emergence is necessarily easeful or something that we've been um, conditioned to feel great comfort with. And also aliveness has a lot to do with 
like deafness. <laughs> um, so it feels like a practice of trusting in the timing of that which uh, is alive and which dies. Mm. Um, and I think ultimately emergence feels like a, a something has to do with wonder in some way to me. Like it's a wonder practice mm. because it's so wondrous what emerges like it's unpredictable and so it takes your breath away um and so i also think emergence is a practice of trust hmm. and the courage to trust in what's here wow yeah and that what's here is just on time Mm -hmm. what about y'all well yes to all of that <laughs> um yeah i think that i mean emergence the word reminds me of aries energy you know mm. and that even that transition from pisces to aries you know there's that there's that kind of um you know, full cycle behind it, but the kind of um, magical in-between birthing space that then pushes it out, you know, mm -hmm. into Aries. And I really feel that with emergence is the, the undertone, like what's underneath it to push mm -hmm. the seed out, you know, mm -hmm. or even in terms of um, the moon cycles, like I sort of associate it with the um, waxing crescent moon, which was the moon I was born under. So that energy of that, like, you know, there is that word struggle that comes in, but also that release. Um, and then, you know, even like with um, with birth, even to that, there is that unknownness, but then that sort of magical thing comes out. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where that, that light is um, coming out of the darkness, you know, of that real magical, dark, mystical space. Yeah. That's sort of what it yeah. um, is bringing up for me. Wow, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like for me, emergence has been this experience of allowing myself to see what I am scared to see, you know, within myself and within others. And, you know, in some ways, I think it's a very courageous act because... I remember the first magician's table really felt like um like we just don't know what was going to happen, you know? I don't know if you remember that that feeling Britain. It's like what's what is this, you know? And it's like there's the idea, right? And there's the concept and and I'm sure it lived in your imagination and then I think in the flesh it's always so much more complicated and more beautiful and more pungent and more bloody than you can ever think of, you know? <laughs> bloody, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think in emergence, there's something about translation too, that, you know, we mm -hmm. all come to this world as beings who are able to dream right like one of the features of our humanity is this ability to vision and to dream but then as we continue to birth that dream there's something really um messy 
you know, in that process and really not smooth about the translation because um, it, it, this is making me think about Venus and Mars, you know, like when things are in the realm of Jupiter and Mercury, in the realm of thought, in the realm of philosophy, of dreams, of hopes, um, they they take a very expansive and embracing format. But then when they get into the realm of Mars and Venus, they have to fit into a form, right? And that form mm -hmm. needs to sleep, that form needs to shit, that form needs to eat, and that form needs to fuck, you know? So <laughs> there's something really complicated about about that relationship of being in that Mars and Venus encasing. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And I Good think point. when we think about this in terms of, you know, being a magical person, being out in the world, sharing our gifts, we are always rubbing up against the, um, the word that I'm looking for is the umbilical cord, but I guess like the placenta of, you know, this liminal space, right, between our vision and how it's actually received. Like when I'm thinking about, for example, the reading space or even having a class, you know, this is an experience that's pretty alive for us as we birth astrology as praxis, Britain. There were all these ideas yeah. about this is what the ideal thing looks like. And then we try it out and here are all these people, you know, breathing, thinking, doing, and it doesn't fit. And then some other things that like, wow, that really sounds like a bad idea. And then we try it and it's like, wow, this was actually the best idea. <laughs> so like, yeah. I think there's something about emergence that's also about continually uh, undermining our own ability to execute according to our expectations and that being necessarily a good thing. You know, like it's not always a good mm -hmm. thing when your expectations come to fruition because sometimes... Um, what you needed is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fumbling in the dark, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had this whole story about how, about the timeline of the idea. Mm -hmm. But because I keep, you know, these huge, dense journals, <laughs> uh, and I was going back and I had, I had started writing the words, the magician's table and like, circling it and like making little sparks off of it in my doodles like a year and a half before my narrative of when it came to me happened and it was like mm. that is like that new moon like that you can't that you're not really seeing you know and that it, it was really it's like the waxing crescent that I was like oh this I see you you know mm -hmm. here we go mm -hmm. but there was this whole pre-period of just kind of swimming around like in the waters with it, that like really didn't fully connect into my consciousness until mm -hmm. I went back and saw evidence of it in my doodles which in doodles you know are kind of an amoebic space of not fully having consciousness so I'll just share that as an interesting play on what you're saying you're mm -hmm. both saying mm -hmm. yeah I love that space <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that dreamy. <laughs> i don't know what it is yet but it's so exciting and it's just you know a blur but there's little pieces coming in that don't make sense like a dream right mm -hmm. how it's like doesn't make sense yet and then you wake up mm -hmm. and start to understand yeah yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Are there any stories about emergence in your personal lives, whether that's magical or not magical, that you would like to share? Do you want Rebecca? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll just share that a lot of times emergence for me has been um, like surprising times mm-hmm. in my life where all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, I find myself in this position of the 13th reader, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, <laughs> how did I get here? You know, <laughs> it's just, it's such an honor for me and I'm just so excited you know, or other times where, you know, I, as an artist, would find myself, um, you know, working with another, you know, bigger artist that I really admire and being like, wow, you know, how did I get here? So mm. I like that it feels that way for me through my life um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at this point. And maybe there's some shadow work for me to do around really owning that and coming through that. But, um, it's been really beautiful and they're, they've been really some of the most amazing like markings of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Britton? Um, yeah, I think that a lot of, emergence the last few years since I've been on my mystical path shall we say um some of it has been quite mystical uh in the sense of early on before I even even found astrology I started to just have these mystical pictures of myself um Mm. like I had one just really gripping picture of me like all in a ball and then and I had these like uh (laughs) chains on me and my ankles and wrists and I just started to stand up and it was like light as a feather just like light as a feather standing up and all these like shackles just fall off and I just get just like kind of just stood up and just I just saw myself like enwrapped in gold light and it was so astonishing to me at the time, mm. but at the time I didn't know anything about goddesses or like it felt like goddess energy. And so I just like, I'm going to follow this. I think I'm supposed to be learning about goddesses and just like that about finding teachers who would help me connect with goddess frequencies and that led to this and then to this and and there's been a lot of different things like where a vision comes in and it's shocking. And then I just follow it. It feels like the homework most down to the earth that I could actually do something about. Mm. And um, so following the ridiculous or like the preposterous or the impossible, the irrational has been actually, I think, pretty important to emergent moves in my life. But also um, Mars-Venus type things of following irritations and annoyances and 
frustrations as really important information mm-hmm. and following like excitements and like, I can't stop thinking about this mm-hmm. um, as really important information to help me just keep going on something that I don't understand and I don't know what it means. And I don't even know how to talk about it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of my anecdotes have those traits. Mm. Something that I'm hearing from both of you here is this idea of um, surprise, actually, a little bit. That I think mm-hmm. there's something about emergence, too, that is about... Um, leaving behind a template that we've used to see ourselves and to put ourselves and to treat ourselves and and to begin saying yes to the next chapter of the assignment, you know? That's kind of the vibe that I'm getting, that um, there's something about saying yes to maybe a foreign or alien or unknown way of of being with yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think that's what feels magical is the surprise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Which takes us to this idea of the magician, which, you know, I'm thinking since we're talking about the magician's table, why not also talk about the magician as a cart and as an energy and (laughs) as an archetype? (laughs) Um, Yeah. What's, What's alive currently for for both of you around the magician and how the magician is showing up in your life? How, um, yeah, what what kind of relationship do you both have with the magician? I would say um, I just love the magician so much. Because it's, it, I think it's carrying this energy from the fool that is really audacious, um, mm. like nearly ridiculous to just be in front of oneself and other people in one's gifts. Mm. Like being seen doing your gifts, whether those gifts are to inspire or to challenge or to delight, to heal, whatever it is. Just like, I'm just going to stand here and do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if people don't like it, like I have to, there's something there that's, that's just like so beautiful. I was just like being in my channel is what I must do. Mm. Um, being connected to my tools and my gifts is what I must do. And um, letting doubt and fear burn away by being so in your gifts and letting them move through you that um, that's what you're, that's all you can do, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is quite a thing. (laughs) 
And I think it truly makes a new reality. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think in the channel, we each receive information about a new reality we're creating and um, that continues to break us out of stale paradigms or harmful paradigms. So I think there's um, this kind of mercurial like portal opening potential in these like little maneuvers I think of like Mercury being small, like and being able to kind of adjust quickly. Um, these maneuvers have power to change worlds. And I just think that that's about as inspiring as anything. So I love the magician and I love, the ma- I love seeing the magician and other people. Mm. I love feeling the magician in myself and it's so alive being at the edge of that number one. Um, and yeah, it's what like what I want to do in this world is to be in it and feel it from other people the best. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> yes to all of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, and what you're saying, Britton, is reminding me of, um, you know, Jonathan, your words of coming into your power, right? Mm -hmm. And really, you know, when I see the card, it's like, you know, there's the infinity loop above the magician's head, and there's the the wand as above, so below, and then the table of the tools, the elements. So it's like, it's got this um, one stepping into your um, fullness, and yeah, carrying the energy from Uranian energy from the fool. So it's got this electric mercurial sense that I feel pushes um, the vibration out further. And mm-hmm. it makes me think about, you know, what if, and, and so I think about this with the magician's table as supporting, um, you know, folks within their own gifts. What if we all stood as magicians? Like, what is that vibration? What would happen? And it's mm-hmm. just so powerful in the ways that um you know i do feel that we have come here with certain gifts to put them out into the world for um betterment you know of like helping one another and really manifesting something way beyond our expectations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. yeah I feel like in this world, we carry such grief at this, this this lie that we don't have gifts or that we don't have magic or that we don't have a channel or that what we have to share doesn't matter or doesn't belong or doesn't have a place. Like Mm. this is a deep grief and I, I know the healing potential of it from watching people bloom when they tap into what they naturally already always have, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is how it's, cha- it's world-changing is because 
as people access it, they land inside of their full power, which takes us back to this power idea. Is it, it is a power place that comes from just being in touch with your own spirit and what it's here to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's powerful. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like something that I was also hearing um, from what you both were saying, but specifically, I think you were using the word what if, Rebecca, and I think there's something really powerful about holding that potential, you know, and almost, I think part of part of magic is also in um, giving it a chance, right? Like, what if we give it a chance to exist mm-hmm. in the world? What if we give it a chance to be true in our lives and see then what bubbles forward from that? Because I think we also come from this over-culture of needing evidence in order to, quote-unquote, believe something or to live by something. But as we uh, know, as magical people, often it's the other way around, right? Like, And I think this is not just limited to, to us magical people, by the way. You know this very well, Rebecca, as an artist too, that the creation doesn't come without the vision, right? So first, um, saying yes to the vision, believing the vision, whatever that word means, right? Because sometimes believing the vision means putting 80 hours on the painting, right? Or on the piece of music. That, to me, is as much a belief in a vision as proclaiming and getting up on stage and saying, I believe, right? Like, it doesn't always have to be so evangelical in a way. It can also be um, in a very deeply embodied, um, very Eight of Pentacles, Virgo way as well. And I think there's something really powerful in then um, voting or... um, yeah, saying saying yes to an idea, saying to the idea that, you know, I, I believe in you through our our actions and our time and how we choose to spend our life force. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And when you say yes to that, like what happens? That's mm-hmm. when it starts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so exciting. Mm. Yeah. I would love to hear from both of you about this round of um, Magician's Table and in terms of hopes and dreams and, um, yeah, and, and in terms of what you would hope people to, to gain from it. Um, yeah, what, what comes forward from that space of, 11th house shared hopes and dreams for you mm-hmm. I'll, I'll add that I what I'm always hoping is that each person trusts in what comes forward for them Mm. um, in the process, including doubt, including terror, like including 
all the things like trusting that whatever comes up is that which is there for them to love themselves and love where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And trusting that like, if there's a path of emergence, it's not like something that's away from them that that they have to go find that like this, this emergence that is available all the time, whether or not you're in this container is one that's right here where we are. And so it's really just about being present and participating and listening Hmm. where you are now and trusting that everyone's path is going to look completely different. And it's not, so it's not a comparative space or competitive endeavor. Um, There's no wrong way to do it. We're just showing up um, however we're doing in a given day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to me, what I'm, what I hope for anyone who comes in and signs up is that they feel full of their own, all of it, like their own joys and heartbreaks and grief and fear and love and dream. And all the things that are part of aliveness mm-hmm. um, and whatever comes up for each person is really, it's, well, I don't think of it as my business because the outcome is not a thing that like anyone can foretell or mm-hmm. promise of an experience like this. So it's really about learning to, that it's okay to trust um, in one's emergent process and in timing. Mm. What's her first thoughts? What about you, Rebecca? Yeah. Well, it's actually bringing me to a moment that I had within the magician's table um, this past year. And there was this moment of like total dissolve feeling. And um, yeah, it was fearful for me. But I was able to express that in the container and to be like witness for this moment of like not knowing who I was. Like I had to go to that moment to then come through the other side and being like, oh, I'm surprised by this is the thing, you know. But that moment is the place of um, embodiment for me that I really, you know, wanted to feel it and um, needed to feel it. And to be witnessed in that moment felt so supportive for me to move through it. So mm. um, I guess I just want to share that if there's anyone who is maybe feeling fearful about, um, you know, feels attracted to the experience, but maybe is feeling, you know, a little nervous or scared that it's just, um, it's such a beautiful, loving space. And so, you know, when I think of it as the 12th house, like, I hope that I can bring this um, limitless space of love. And I'm so excited to witness people and to each individual see what comes up for them, because it is Mm -hmm. different, you know, Mm -hmm. and you never know, even at the end, if you are still not knowing, like, it just doesn't matter, you know, Mm -hmm. because there is all, there's something magical happening underneath, um, the surface 
so that's kind of what um what's coming up for me there and um yeah i hope people join like the ones that are feeling really aligned to it because i can't wait it's it's going to be so exciting yeah beautiful yeah yesterday i was talking with um three from last year's magician's table for moon to moon and um they were saying they were describing the experience as like a series of ledges mm-hmm. um of like precipices you know to to maneuver <laughs> and um that the most difficult one or the scariest one was filling the application out and clicking mm-hmm. submit like mm-hmm. that, that was the biggest one of all mm-hmm. is saying i i'm going to belong to this yeah i'm i can do it um and then everything after that was like many ledges um but that the, the next biggest one apparently is the the five minutes before you're gonna get on your zoom call with your first partner <laughs> and you're like i'm going to have to do this <laughs> does that resonate <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then you get rolling and you just laugh at yourself for the first time you know because mm-hmm. it's just so normal by the end or you're just so used to it I love that I, I feel like what I will add to as maybe potentially being the most uh, nerve-wracking one for me is actually towards the end like this idea of like oh this container is ending mm-hmm. You know, and I'm graduating from this container in some <laughs> shape or form. Um, what do I do now? I think that's always, yeah, that's, I was just telling Rebecca yesterday that for me, the experience of being the 13th reader in the first year definitely required, you know, setting up the stage and then like the performance. And then I had to s- set some time aside to really break down the stage afterwards. Mm hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I really appreciate that, Jonathan. Yeah, that process took me like a couple months at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I liked the timing of when it ended because then it sort of took us right into summer and you're sort of mm-hmm. in more of that um, energy of cancer. So it was like really nice to kind of come off and then have that time to like be in um you know, for me, summer, um, but that energy of, um, you know, caring and feeling to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, um, there's like a, there's a life skill, right, in practicing working with expectation about like what emergence looks like, what it looks like this year, what it looks like next year, what it looks like next to your friend's emergence, like Mm. holding yourself with, um, holding your expectation or what some part of you thought it would look like. And then holding what's actually here is like, is I imagine, um, a large thing that one is learning in the container, which yeah. is then something to take with you forever, everywhere you go, because mm-hmm. we're always working with that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a final question for both of you, which is: I'm curious to hear uh, what you feel your next process of emergence will look like in kind of an oracular way. Um, whether that be through magician's table or, or otherwise. I mean, that certainly is included in the fabric of your reality in the next few months, but I'm curious to hear, yeah, what comes up around this idea of emergence and, and your next phase of emergence. Do you have one, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if I just go into the oracular part, I mean, I, I, you know, and there's this desire as well, but I'm going to be vulnerable and share this here of like, like I want to emerge as this um, fertile goddess. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want it to be feminine and nurturing like almost to the overtop degree <laughs> and like have that be almost like exploding out of me mm. <laughs> you know this is very um in that space but like um and that's to do with like my art practice you know like i want to create these creations that they're so feminine it hurts you know it's like i can't handle it it's so there's so much beauty it's like oozing you know um and how that ties into magician's table i'm not sure yet and i'm mm. and i'm here for um you know this desire that's been with me for a while and see what emerges through this um container around that mm-hmm. and what's actually coming in right now is interesting maybe even i need some mars energy in there to help you know push that through so mm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what's alive for me right now when you ask me that thank you Jonathan. Wow. yeah it's amazing rebecca i'm so excited to see what emerges for your <laughs> in the, the workshop aspect of the, the container yeah <laughs> oh thank you Brittany. me too yeah i feel like what's emerging for me is um I just want to continue to be deeper and deeper into my channel mm. of creativity and sharing and just like my absolute mad love affair with all of it. And as things come up where I'm afraid about money or I'm afraid about overwhelm and I'm afraid about um like I can't handle it all Mm. I just keep coming back to my love and my joy because I'm I'm learning that I'm learning so much about like what gets in the way of just pure joy and letting letting people into my containers, like really in. Um, And so holding, holding all the parts of myself that feel 
terrified of repatterning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, as I want to hold more, I have all the parts that are like overwhelm, like mm-hmm. ah. So mm-hmm. it's like that's where I'm working is like trusting that I have support and love and um that I can hold so much more than I think I can, but I don't mean that in an overworking kind of way or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Beautiful. Wow. Thank you both. This has been so magical. <laughs> we knew it was going to be magical, but... um I really love having a conversation with both of you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Right, that is it for my conversation with Britton and Rebecca. I'm so grateful that you're here and I hope that you found something inspiring, something thought-provoking, something healing from that conversation. I certainly was very buzzy after that conversation. And if you feel a resonance, I know that in the conversation we actually never ended up talking about the magician's table you know, in in terms of logistics, right? But I would direct you to Britain's podcast, Moon to Moon, as well as her Instagram for more information. Um, and also, obviously, the um, web page for the Magician's Table for this year, the course page. Um, if you are interested, if you are feeling that resonance, I would highly recommend that you check out the details, right? The Virgoan details um, in all of the different ways. And also, um, Britain is someone who I always love watching Britain move through this uh, process of um, talking about her course before enrollment is open because there's just something so magical about um, her energy in that space. So I recommend that you check it out. And yeah, if you feel called to it, definitely recommend um, applying for The Magician's Table. All right. If you have been enjoying this podcast, if you've been enjoying this episode, I would love it if you could consider leaving a review. Five-star reviews are always so, so, so appreciated. And as I've been saying to people, it doesn't have to be long, literally. You can support this podcast in five minutes by writing two or three sentences um, describing your experience listening to this podcast and receiving the the wisdom that um, my guests and I are sharing through this medium, um, which is one of my favorite mediums to show up in. Um, and yeah, I would also appreciate it if you could share it with members of your community, if you feel a resonance. And yeah, until next time, I hope that you take good care of yourselves and I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much for being here.